0: This is a honky tonk man, the greatest intercontinental champion of all time, and you're listening to the Wrestler Review.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the fucking Wrestler Review. I'm John fucking Hastings, and guess who that is? It's fucking Dylan Gott. Let's fucking swear. Fuck. Ooh, (laughs) shit.
2: Fuck. Cunt. We don't say (laughs) cunt enough. (laughs) Well, did you
1: just sing, we don't say cunt enough?
2: Yeah, this is the mandate fr- from our superiors is to start saying cunt more.
1: Oh, at the uh, multinational corporation that owns the Wrestler Review Podcast.
2: <laughs> I wish there was some weird blip where like, the WWE also wanted to buy everything to do with wrestling. So oh, they just I- bought us too. That would be very good.
1: If and when Vince McMahon starts just faking... Or just gets real dementia. I guarantee that's what th- that's his next move. Bye. <laughs> he's buying this or buy, just podcasts in general. Buy Foxcatcher Ranch.
2: Get me the bullet.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I watched this movie called Foxcatcher. It seems like a good idea, other than the learning to wrestle thing, because then they can defend themselves.
1: Kurt, <laughs> dig up David Schultz's body and bring me the bullet. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man.
2: All right. Well, I mean, we don't usually do topical stuff and this is the mean Gene Okerlund episode, but I think it, I think it bears, uh, about five minutes of our time to talk about the wrestler, the, the wrestler to talk about the WWE in Saudi uh, Arabia and God damn it. People are acting like Vince McMahon didn't almost completely fund Donald Trump's campaign yeah, the, people- the man he's not like he this is the thing about the WWE. It's the duality of Vince wants to be he wants to be like actual E.T. entertainment tonight news. Like he wants to be on TMZ all the time, front page of TMZ. He wants that for his wrestlers. But also he doesn't see the reason why he can't just take money from warlords
1: sometimes, you know? Well, but Vince McMahon is the classic American businessman, which is my product is squeaky clean, my performers are wholesome. If Anyone tells me what to fucking do that's in a violation of my freedoms. Well, Vince, you you cannot trade business with a country that is straight up murdering journalists. Now, do Dylan and I have any uh, evidence that they murdered that journalist? No. Did a carpet cleaner show up five minutes after he entered the building and there's apparently a video of a bone saw? Yeah, there is those things. Cool. Let's go another way. If William Morris Endeavor, um, a giant multinational uh, agency and um, company, is willing to let go of $400 million of development money, you probably want to look at yourself in the mirror. If a company of that size, of that legitimacy is going, nah, not worth it, that's something to really take into consideration. If, um, oh, piss in my ass, the UFC is willing to hand back what is it, four hundred and eighty million dollars in investment money? Apparently, a quarter—that's what a third of their like their um, wealth because of this situation. They- well, they're a
2: four—they're four billion dollar company. So yeah, well half. So let's
1: say that's an eighth. That's an eighth of the money for their company. Yeah, they- They hand back an eight of their company to this country. And I guarantee Vince McMahon doesn't give a fuck. But here's the other problem is, like, do I really watch the current WWE product? Not really. Did I read all of the articles about how Undertaker got booed because he mentioned Crown Jewel? Absolutely. But here's the problem. That arena was still full. If you want to make an effect change, here's what you can do. Don't go to the WWE anymore. Yeah. It's the most simple thing in the world. Don't
2: but that's the really funny thing about your options as a pro wrestling fan either you have the guy who was the number one uh pre of course the Republican party getting behind him the number one
1: no no largest corporate largest corp largest corporate donor to the Donald Trump campaign to the Donald Trump's campaign or you watch Ring of
2: Honor uh which is run by Sinclair Broadcasting that essentially uh <laughs> just keeps on uh, trying to be like, but what if we just separated uh, the union and the, the confederacy again? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like,
1: was- Here's an actual sample from a Sinclair Broadcasting uh, news program. Uh, mm-hmm. Tonight at six, blacks bad, whites good.
2: <laughs> we have action news. The action, of course, is black people getting arrested, which is good. Sinclair <laughs>
1: Broadcasting. Oh, welcome to Sim- uh By the way, if you want to enjoy... Quite possibly the worst thing Sinclair Broadcasting has ever done. They have this guy who does, like, Andy Rooney-style rants. Can't remember his name. But one of them is about how he loves the Washington Redskins now. Jesus fucking Christ. And he makes so many historically inaccurate points. My personal favorite one is, the only problem with calling your team the Redskins is they never won a battle. And then you can see him actually remember Custer. But he doesn't say it. It's very good. (laughs) It's it, it's I got turned onto it by last week tonight by John Oliver cuz I don't know if you can tell guys but the rest of the review is just really a vehicle for me to spout my left wing views. Uh, there you go. But I real I got a real bugbear for the right wing media cuz I also really find the bias in left wing media a real piece of shit. But the right wing media listen left wing media is deals in exaggeration. Right-wing media deals in fabrication, and I think that that's fa- a really, that's a really the smartest thing that's ever been
2: said on this show. That's not about, I don't know, come, uh, someone's dick. Yeah. We noticed, and their shorts is a bit undersized.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh no, no. Like if we get into that's the smartest thing that's ever been said geopolitically on this show. If we get into smartest thing that's ever been said about come on this show, you definitely have me beat there, my friend. It's probably no, it's probably um. Oh my
2: God, what was the thing you said? Uh, uh I can't even remember. What did I... It's a new classic every week here on the Wrestler Review. (laughs) uh,
1: And once we rev into the Mean Gene Okerlund content, you'll see what we're talking about.
2: Of course, this is the Mean Gene Okerlund episode, the guy who killed the journalist in Saudi Arabia.
1: Oh, yeah. We forgot to mention, um, Mean Gene Okerlund... The reason why we talked about Saudi Arabia is we wanted to make sure everyone knows we're good people, because now we're about to talk about history's greatest monster, Mean Gene Okerlund. (laughs) Yeah, Mean and Okerlund, who just did a shoot interview where they asked him about Crown Jewel, he said, That was disgusting. I clean up my mess. With my tongue. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Mean and Okerlund, when asked about going to Saudi Arabia, he went, I told them to go to Uganda, where my old friend Idi Amin used to be in charge. (laughs) Ooh, that guy knew how to deal with an enemy. He fucked their skulls. Um. <laughs> Pardon me, I'll just take you on my skull collection. Yeah. Oh, come on down to Sarasota, Florida, where you won't see a lot of truth-telling.
2: Vince, I understand there was an accident yesterday, and I would like to inquire not about a job, but could I have Owen's skull? Yeah.
1: Welcome, everyone, to Your Nightmare. I'm Mean Gene Okerland and I possess most of Owen Hart's body. That That which is missing <laughs> has already been sent to his family with a note that says, Your Fault. <laughs> uh, for those of you who, and by the way, I can't yep. believe I have to say this, but it, it, Mean Gene Okerlund hasn't been on television every day for long enough that I do need to explain to some of our younger listeners. Mean Gene Okerlund was the backstage um, interviewer, interviewer, yeah, for the entire Golden Age of the WWF, and then immediately went to WCW and was the backstage interviewer during the Monday Night War for WCW. And as it turns out, from every shoot interview and, inter- and uh, research we have done, along with Dr. C. Hobson, graduate of the School of Hard Knocks, he has a PhD from the Funk University in wrestling mm-hmm. podcast research, uh, Mean Gene Okerlund is the most les- lecherous drunk man in the history of pro wrestling. And based on his travel schedule and the way his life has gone... Dylan and I have posited that he's a cytosexual killer and have made light of that subject for going on about eight months now. (laughs) That is
2: the premise. This is, for long-time listeners, essentially, yes. The idea is Mean Gene Oakland is a serial killer. Yeah. YOLO.
1: Yeah. Did you know? Hashtag never, hashtag
2: dying. (laughs) Mean Gene Oakland was a, uh, he was in a band, Gene Carroll and the Shades. And they're, uh, they had a single, Do You Remember? <laughs> backslash Red Devil. That's
1: fun. Like, I mean, we are joking that he's a serial killer, but his actual life does read like that of a like he sends so many clues that he's up to bad shit. <laughs> he's like Lex, less successful Jimmy Hart. Jimmy
2: Hart was like, Oh, I've never had a drink of booze in my life. Oh, I, I need to I gotta start a business that just sells ribs to people. With naturally blonde hair. Whereas uh, Gene Okerlund was like, I'm I'm going to get drunk and I'm going to
1: wait to see who falls asleep and see if their family misses them. Gene Okerlund's life is like reading like a shitty cipher from a shitty Zodiac killer. <laughs> Call my band The Shades and tell everyone that they're the red devil. Red like blood. Devil like who I worship. <laughs> During this period I assume is when he c- killed his first animals. Yes, this is the uh, time when Meanchino Oakland killed the following animals in rural Minnesota: a bear, his parents, a lizard.
2: <laughs> he always had a he always wore the underwear of his first victim. That yeah. was his whole life. Yeah, the underwear
1: of his first the first victim by the way was a uh, his twin brother in the womb. So he wore a thin film of vaseline To remind him of the embryonic fluid that he absorbed into his body to become stronger.
2: Uh, Really, though, he was born in 1942, and he grew up... On a uh, native reservation in South Dakota. So in reality, Mean Gene Ogreland might be the toughest man in the world. <laughs> yeah, there's also a distinct possibility. Welcome, everyone. I'm going to teach you how to survive off not drinking water for 10 whole years. You just suck the moisture off of your friend's forearms, and that's what you get.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm the only white guy uh, at a on a native reservation in the rural United States in the 50s. You know what that means? Other people are racist towards these people and they're gonna take it out on me. Luckily, I'm a huge piece of shit, so I've already cut off all of their thumbs while they're asleep. <laughs> uh,
2: do you do you think he ever told Vince McMahon this? Because I'm absolutely sure that not. Vince-
1: absolutely not. <laughs> if the men if they second he mentioned to Vince McMahon, you know, I grew up on a native reservation, he would have been called like Tomahawk Jean. He would have been wearing a headdress mm-hmm. And it wouldn't have been, uh, welcome, my close personal friend. He would have been, I smoke a peace pipe with Mr. Alex Trebek.
2: (laughs) Oh, man. I would love Vince McMahon, like, when they run out of ideas for, like, uh, because 100% happens, they run out of ideas for whichever new wrestler, and then Vince McMahon excitedly gets out his big book of stereotypes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some of them are just so weird and outdated, like, Ah, the finish. They love boats
1: and myrrh. Cover him in myrrh. (laughs) You'll be from Kazakhstan, and you will fear the Mongols. (laughs) You know what they say about people from Kazakhstan? They
2: love oats. You're going to eat dry oats five hours a day.
1: Yeah, you'll be from California. You'll be a Quaker. That's what they were known for back in my day. And by my day, I mean right now, because I haven't aged at all. (laughs) So... He was—he uh, studied
2: broadcast journalism, landed a job as a disc jockey, and uh, he was in radio for about nine years until he just started filling in for uh, ring announcer Marty O'Neill in the AWA. It should be mentioned that a lot of like play-by-play guys, uh, a lot of play-by-play guys from this era, were essentially just radio people that they found. And then we're like, you talk about the sweaty guys hugging on each other. And the guy was like, I need 40 extra
1: dollars. A lot of them were um, uh, broadcasters. In WCCW, it was just the local newsman. Yeah,
2: that's very funny. Yeah, That he's like the... I would love if a guy was was the people, the person that told someone that Kennedy was shot and <laughs> had to be like, oh, this funny. missing link That's is a crazy funny. character. Walter Cronkite, <laughs> one step in his career. This is
1: the gobbledygooker, oh God. A day that will live in infamy. Mick Foley has been thrown off the hell in a cell. <laughs> <Vince> <laughs> uh, the president of the United States has been shot.
2: Here's Gordon Soley for war. It's, a, it's a fake. <laughs> he was a robot the whole time. Terry Bradshaw faked the Super Bowl, the moon landing was fake, the earth is fake, I'm fake. I'm going to put a cigarette out on my eye to show ow. I'm a bad-made <laughs> yeah.
1: robot cuz that hurt. I don't know why people think Gordon Solie was good at his job. Like I understand like other like you know you lack historical perspective. He's so bad. Well it was like who I I think we like growing up watching the
2: WWF, I think we think Gorilla Monsoon was the He's basically our first uh He's the first guy we did saw do play by play and he was excited to see things <laughs> versus Gordon would be like Yeah, I don't understand it either, like, everyone watching Gorilla Monsoon, like, yes, he doesn't know any names of the moves, but also I don't think that you should announce things like, and uh, Hulk Hogan has slammed Andre the Giant.
1: What's also, the WWE's big fucking advantage was also the combination, in that for the first six WrestleManias, they had, I think, maybe not the best broadcasters, but the chemistry between Jesse Ventura and Gorilla Monsoon is even better than the chemistry between the king and JR. Yeah,
2: and I will say this, Jesse Ventura was like he carried that broadcast. He was the most he was the he was just entertaining. Like that's also part of being
1: a broadcaster is just being entertaining. Yeah, he was entertaining and, and also very it was entertaining and interesting as opposed to Jerry Lawler who's sort of en- was entertaining, but it got really fucking Uninteresting. There was nothing about wrestling in perspective that he could add. But Jesse Ventura's point of always pointing out when the babyface is cheated, I always think is something that they should reincorporate back into commentary. And also to bring it back to Mean Gene Okerlund, it's jumping ahead, but Mean Gene's amazing ability in, um, especially in the eighties and nineties, was he was the neutral backstage guy. The heels never seemed to attack him. He was never really intimidated. And the the baby faces all seem to treat him like he was like their good friend. Yeah, well, Mean Gene he starts in the AWA, and my favorite thing is that
2: Vern Gagne didn't smarten him up to the business. Oh, it's the and- best. Here's something really funny is that Vern Ghani didn't count on the fact that if you're not wrestling, then of course... Like, of course you know it's fake. Like, <laughs> Vern Ghani... I'm not going to tell him if it's real or fake. <laughs> and then Gene Okerlund's watching it like, oh, that guy's running off the ropes like I would in a real fight. Yeah. It's not like, like, <laughs> that guy's bent over for 10 seconds and the other guy just uh, kicked
1: him in the face like I would in a real fight. Just bend over and wait. <laughs> what you what you learn about Mean Gene Okerlund is it's like, oh, I... In a real fight, this is how it would actually go. Mean Gene's like, I've been in a lot of real fights. I wouldn't behave that way. Yeah. This is ridiculous.
2: A real fight involves this. First, you stalk. Then, you destroy. Then, you
1: bathe in the fluids of them. Yeah, why aren't you whispering goodnight into their ears? And then just showing them a knife. <laughs> Here's how a real fight goes.
2: You look at them. They attempt to throw a punch. and They realize you've cut off all of their fingers.
1: Slowly. Purposefully. You're chewing on their fingers. That is a real fight. Uh, here's a real fight. They're asleep. You wake them up and show them their own dick. <laughs> Knockout. <laughs> <laughs> um, so much like is the story of Vern Gagne. Vern Gagne literally, if um, 80s wrestling was poker... Vern Ganya held all the cards and then one by one was like, Who needs cards when I'm playing poker? Because poker works, which is I just decide that I win. And then everyone's like, That's not how poker goes, Vern. okay, I'll leave. Um Yeah, yeah, but it would be like if uh yeah, if someone
2: held all the cards in poker and then they decided they really thought the jack looked a lot like them, so they just kept on collecting jacks, but trading them for queens, kings, and aces. Absolutely. Like it's fucking insane. Uh, my one of the, another really funny story is uh that apparently so uh what was it lord alfred hayes and sir oliver humperdinck let me get yes yeah, sir oliver humperdinck man name <laughs> a guy humperdinck very funny stuff <laughs> anyway so they were talking in Carney, and then they didn't think gene okerlund uh could understand it but of course he could because he's uh Murderous pervert. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you can't keep a secret from a man who has that many secrets.
2: <laughs> he speaks more, he speaks another version of Carney that's that's only about where Jimmy Hoffa is buried.
1: Yeah, he speaks another version of Carney, which is the silent scream of someone knowing that this is uh this is the room they will never leave.
2: <laughs> of course, Gene Gene it seems like I, he's
1: I, I have to stress uh, if started, I if I was like, if someone a joke, put a gun to my head, yeah. This started as a joke, but the evidence of his real life shows that he absolutely is up to something no good. He st- in the AWA, he starts a advertising business, and both of his partners just die.
2: <laughs> well, I don't know what happened there. Anyway, I'll be on television regularly now, where people will be advertised. People will come up to me in bars thinking they trust me. Don't trust me. There's a lot of, like, if, all right, like, if you, right now, if someone put a gun to my head and was like, you need to call one person who definitely knows to get get cocaine and in 10 minutes, I would call Gene Okerlund and he would probably be like, the cocaine is, of course, secured. Do you want any guns with the serial numbers shaved off of them?
1: Oh, I can get you cocaine, but I thought I was talking to men. Uh, We do... (laughs) uh we do that type of cocaine where they mix it with gunpowder and give it to child soldiers in sierra leone that really is what get my dick hard welcome everyone
2: (laughs) cocaine how ludicrous i do pure fentanyl i invite death it just will never
1: come i am immortal many people discuss cheating death i've effectively hired a limousine for death and invited it over for dinner But it fears me.
2: (laughs) I hope that he's doing a shoe interview one time and he just takes a drink and there's a bottle just labeled stem cells. He just drinks so (laughs) many stem cells. (laughs) By the way, these are not these are not made in a lab. I got these the old fashioned way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Going into an orphanage and having a good night.
1: <laughs> oh no! First of all, that's not how you get stem cells. He'd need to go into no, a mater- it is no a maternity ward and have a good night.
2: No, he he, he craps he cracks open babies like the goddamn soda pops.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what because it, it, it's it's but it's the stem cells are in. The pregnant mothers they're not in the babies Ooh, learning living laughing the wrestler review yeah i only know this because of listening to the joe rogan podcast on an aeroplane the tvs were out <laughs> and it's the only thing that for some reason my phone had downloaded and let me say that guy is both Really smart around dumb people, and then when he's around a smart person, he comes across like a fucking idiot. It's a well, I mean, that's trick. what he is. It's a magic trick. What else is a magic trick? Mean jeans appearing on quote-unquote family television while having a dick that looks like Rodolph nose. Rodolph I will say this. I will
2: say this. I think Joe Rogan the best way to describe him is probably he's that dude on the hockey team who was like, "Yo man, if the cops stop your car, they like can't search it." He's that guy.
1: Yeah, that's a very good specifically Canadian metaphor. I was in gonna- Yo, if the cops if the cops are stopping you and you like
2: they think you're drunk, they can't like search your car without like a warrant, so just say no. <laughs> Because that's how it
1: works for the cops. Yeah, I know a guy. The police
2: works. never just uh, waive the Miranda rights <laughs> sometimes.
1: I for sure, by the way, know a guy that did that and was drunk. Yeah, he got beat up probably. No, nope. it's better than that. Can you, Will you surrender to a field sobriety test? Nope, not drunk. All right, we're going to arrest you and then you'll be forced to take a test at the station. Fine. I think he said pig. In the story, I was told he said pig, but I don't believe that he did. Took him to the police uh, precinct. By that point, it took them an hour because it was uh, the winter in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. He had sobered up and he passed the test just fine. Oh, no. <laughs> Canada. Canada.
2: Canada. <laughs> so many mayors in Canada's uh, their whole platform is, we're going to stop this drinking and driving, and then they lose because... Everyone goddamn drinks and drives there. No one wants to stop. What am I going to do? Take a cab with a with a small town cab driver who'll just tell tell you about how online dating's bullshit and make you ride up front? No, you sit up front. You sit up front. We're friendly. This is a friendly country anyway. Do you want some of this meat? it's never it's never been packaged <laughs> it's never i just i grabbed it from the dead thing and then i put it in my glove box and now you
1: have to eat it i was talking about there's a very thing uh with some americans down here in los angeles about drunk they're like a lot of drunk driving happens in los angeles and i was like first of all no it doesn't not to the same i'm like okay there are people that are on the road that are drunk and driving but i mean on the base level if it's two o'clock in the morning and there are cars on the road of, say, Toronto, Ontario, Canada, none of those people are remotely close to sober.
2: In Toronto, I don't think I think people are mostly there's there's some drunk drivers. Between between two a, two AM and six AM? No, all drunk drivers. Two AM and six AM. Even people who just have to goddamn get up for work, John. Who gets up to work
1: at two fucking forty five in the morning, Dylan? Lots of people with weird name, jobs. Name one of the jobs. Plumber.
2: No. Yeah, plumbers, they gotta drive in, cause uh as one guy described, traffic's a goddamn bad. It's either I get up at three and start driving at four or I just and get there at five or I just get there at seven AM when I left at fucking like five AM anyway. I was like, You're goddamn right weird plumber who's recommending racist comedians because i told you i was a comedian i don't even know what, what were you talking to a plumber somewhere sometimes yeah sometimes you have a plumber over and you're just like oof because it was like a 5 a.m call for the plumber so i had to get up and it was horrible
1: yeah by the way there's 11 people that live in your house and of course you're the one who's like well i'll get up at 5 a.m
2: <laughs> yeah i am because i contribute to society Unlike Mean Gene Okerlund. Oh no. Fun story. Mean Gene. No, these are good ones. He he gave Bobby Heenan uh the nickname the weasel cuz he kept saying he was trying to weasel out of things. Uh Gene, sorry, Jesse Ventura gave him christened him Mean Gene in the
1: AWA. How did Mean Gene feel about the nickname by the way? <laughs> he
2: want he wanted to be called Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ or something. Yeah. He wanted to be called the Bloodmaster. Um, he didn't... <laughs> <laughs> Demolition. That's interesting. You've stolen how I dress on work
1: time. <laughs> yeah, this is my pleasure. This is my downtime. Work time is when I'm alone. Um, he d- he didn't like the nickname but said it served him well. He's a fucking fascinating guy. Like, this is... Mean Gene's also an interesting one and clearly doesn't care about wrestling. Clearly could give a fuck. Does Found not. The where he's like... I make money. He basically was like, oh, everyone
2: here is so dumb. <laughs> and then a guy who like is a capable broadcaster because if you're coming in with 9 years experience in being in radio, uh, broadcasting, of course, you're already so far ahead of every other person that does wrestling broadcasting because these are mostly a people like you mentioned who are hired by the station who basically work for the station and then just have to learn about wrestling. He comes in with a pre existing knowledge of it, and then, um, B, of course, you have people who are just basically related to the promoter in some way or people who don't understand broadcasting is like jesse ventura is an outlier uh obviously jerry lawler is an outlier these are guys who were charismatic on the microphone and then could understood how to like build a story around a
1: match they were watching but yeah. a lot of people like arn anderson rowdy piper rowdy Rowdy piper piper turned out to be a terrible comment like everyone thought was like we have fucking struck gold and then they got him behind that mic and they were like we were incorrect.
2: <laughs> yeah, some flat-out embarrassing shit, right? Uh, so he basically found this niche before anyone did, and it's really just a bunch of happenstance stuff. Like, he falls in with the AWA for 13 years and does a great job. He's doing, of course, uh, Mean Gene and Hulk. Uh, they've already started their great chemistry in the AWA, and then Vince McMahon calls and says, I have a lot of money, and jo- Gene Oakland says, Yes, Daddy put the money in me and he goes to the WWF in 1983 uh Vern Gagne didn't think that Gene would ever leave and his reaction was what what the hell do you mean you can't leave me and then um he was so mad that Gene had ex- uh, accepted an offer basically he just made no counter offer and Greg Gagne was like well we're not making counter offer because she shouldn't take the WWF one and then he just took the WWF one because Vern Gagne was just just committed to failure like he really was a, he never stopped being a wrestler in his head like if he would have just stopped being a wrestler in his own head in 1974 or whatever he him and Vince McMahon would be maybe neck and
1: neck throughout the 80s i don't know about the 90s but yeah no i don't no but the issue is, is that i don't think that he would have gone the problem with it is this is that um Vern Gagne, literally they had one plot a year. Like they had one storyline a year. That's it. So I think that that's also yeah, what would It was still built him. off territories. Yeah, yeah, there was it was literally just like the territories you're okay, so there's a match. Like there was no no story, no nothing and if he would have lost to Vince... No fucking matter what. That yeah. Sad. Well, Vince would just bury it people in money. Would have a lot more competitive as opposed to the AWA dying in like the saddest fashion in the world. Well, because
2: apparently uh, the AWA Vince at one point offered Vern ten million dollars. Plus five hundred thousand uh, for Ber- Vern and Greg for five years following that, just to straight buy him out, buy up all the assets, and apparently that just made them even matter. And then they, of course, got the AWA in like the mid two thousands for five bucks essentially.
1: Yeah they, got it. yeah, they got it for five bucks and the agreement that they'd have to put Verne Gagne in the Hall of Fame one day, which he for some reason was still angry about even though he agreed to. That's so funny. Verne Gagne, essentially, for those of you that haven't really watched much, is
2: like Triple H now, but people complain about Triple H. But imagine if Triple H faced Roman Reigns at WrestleMania and just won in five minutes and then got on the mic and was like, that's because I'm better than him and he sucks. <laughs> that was Verne Gagne.
1: Yeah, Vern Gagne. And by the way, imagine also Vern Gagne. No one says anything nice about. Yeah, no one says that he's
2: super cheap. Uh, he like he like listen to our Hulk Hogan episode though. He did come up with like a lot of very very uh instrumental stuff in basically how we think pro wrestling is done now. Like he came up with hulking up. Yeah, like that was him.
1: He came up with like ripping off the wrestlers. Fu- financially (laughs) yeah he was uh he came up with doing this farting
2: he made up farting so Vern was always super guarded and gene oakland says vince was a lot less guarded which is the most creative way i've uh heard of someone saying we
1: did blow till 19 right now (laughs) (laughs) yolo (laughs) i don't know why but the phrase 19 right now really makes me happy (laughs) the <laughs> gene uh would also come to vince with uh offerings <laughs> what do you mean they have to be alive vince picky picky man um now gene oakland the main reason he left um the awa territory is because he was wanted by the saint paul police uh department for questioning over a series of disappearances by an old abandoned library <laughs> the green river killer yeah. He was an amateur. Yeah, <laughs> the, uh, To quote Mean Gene Okerlund, the Green River Killer is a pussy compared to me. <laughs> <laughs> I eat the predators. I am the ultimate predator.
2: I am the axe. I am the smasher. I am demolition. Walking disaster.
1: <laughs> yeah, the Mean Gene has that tattooed on his dick.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Did you know Mean Gene Okerlund has uh, Yakuza tattoos all over his body? No, no. <laughs>
1: he takes off his shirt He takes off his shirt, and it's like Red Dragon. Yeah. He takes off his shirt, and it's Red Dragon. The scary thing is that he will then show you a tattoo that looks suspiciously like your own mom. (laughs) Welcome, everyone. This is my good friend,
2: the Ultimate Warrior. Let's drop the pretense, Jim. Do you know pain? Do you want to experience it? Just when you think you're at a high point, Jim, I will take your life. I swear to God. Welcome,
1: everyone. Uh, Ultimate Warrior, time to ask you the hard questions. Just because you speak gibberish, do you really think that you're fooling anyone? I'm going to inject you with some fucking phenobarbital and get the fucking information out of you. You think you're so fucking sexy, but more women like me than you. <laughs> yeah, he wrote all of Jake the Snake's promos, but he uh, Jake the Snake
2: just had to cross out the part where it says. And then and then you and then you take their lives and
1: then you open them up and then you are God. Yeah, me and Gene Okerland kept doing things like, um, fucking the snake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: He sucked the snake. He yo. sucked the fucking snake, bro. Uh yo,
1: yo. yo.
2: During the eighties, Gene Okerland would essentially do he would do over a hundred one minute interviews in one day. Like I mean, That's so nuts. So all of those, sorry, he was averaging 120 interviews a day. He did 141 three-minute interviews in one day. That's over seven hours of recorded without taking into account breaks and people getting there. And it's wrestlers. You're relying on wrestlers to be on time.
1: Yeah, like, I want to know how many of those were just Bad News Brown just taught, like, just Bad News Brown accidentally being called the N-word by Rowdy Roddy (laughs) Pipe. Well, get him out of
2: here. He's not fit to be around me.
1: Well, don't you know what the thing is, is, he says he has a family, but I don't think those type of people are allowed to produce. Oh no, John. That's not me. That's Rowdy Roddy Piper saying that. I've read the man I've read the man's book. It's mostly just those views. <laughs>
2: it's mostly him just justifying he's like that was a character, but it came really naturally. Well, if it came really naturally, <laughs> then that's who you are. Um so Gene Okerlund uh wrote all American Wrestling, which was like uh, their like precursor, like kind of like Tuesday Night Titans uh, style thing. He actually wrote the whole thing, and uh, he did a match uh, when he first got to the WWF with as like basically like uh, Hulk Hogan's little buddy, and he had to train Gene in these little fun vignettes. Uh, Okerlund then pinned uh, his opponent, who is Mister Fuji, uh, at the match, and that was really nice and cute. And then Gene celebrated with the blood of an innocent.
1: Yes, no, this was the, uh, the you I'm sure have all seen the Fuji Vice segments. What you don't see is that after Mean Gene ran up those steps, uh, he then uh, took the skull of a bird and used it to beat another smaller bird to death. <laughs>
2: Yeah, what Gene Oakland would do is he would get a cat from the pound, and then he would collect ants, and then he would put the ants around the
1: cat and see who won. <laughs> yeah, that's oh god damn it! That's the fucking worst thing I've ever heard in my life. Sometimes I like to put a ki- I put a kid and a snake in a box together, and whoever uh, is the quietest gets to get let out.
2: <laughs> yeah, he does. Uh, he uh, he had a son uh but actually this is what actually happened is that gene ok- ninjas killed gene oakland's wife so he knew he had to avenge his wife's death and uh he laid a sword out and a ball and the kid chose the ball so he cut the kid's head off with the sword
1: that's just a real thing yeah absolutely mean gene oakland's breakfast of champions is just a knife and a bottle of whiskey on a table and every time, he, every time he takes a sip from the bottle, he gives himself a small cut somewhere on his body to remind <laughs> himself of him being a bad man. I thought you were going to go the route of he plays the knife
2: game. He just goes to the knife game. And then once he uh, once he stabs himself, that's when he's like, I'm ready to leave. <laughs> I must dull my senses to be around the
1: people without acting on them. It's much darker than that. It's just That's just how he likes to start the day. A sip of bourbon and then a slice of flesh. <laughs> How great would it have been? Yes,
2: me and Jane Oakland here. We're here with the Hulkster. Hulkster, do you
1: know that I can smell
2: your fear? I know where Linda is right now.
1: Welcome, everyone, to Superstars. Uh, joining me now, Miss Elizabeth. Miss Elizabeth. Second day of your period, heavy flow. I smell. <laughs>
2: I can smell everything about you, Randy. I can smell the fear. I can smell the questioning yourself. And I have one question: Do you want children? Because I can make sure you never have them. <laughs> oh my god!
1: Hey, welcoming nat- Welcoming now, Randy Savage. Randy, your brother name is named Lonnie Poffo. He claims he can suck his own dick. I wonder how he'll feel when he watches me do that to him. I'm cutting his dick off. <laughs> Uh,
2: we're gonna take a break, but we might we might want to talk about this for two more seconds. G- mean Gene, this is his own words. This was about the Ring Boy scandal. Uh, if you guys don't know what the
1: Ring Boy scandal is, I wanted to bring this up in the second segment, so I'm happy we're talking about it now. Yeah, you explain what the Ring Boy scandal is.
2: Uh, well, to the best I mean. I never really read too far into it because wrestling makes me sad enough as it is. Uh, but basically, correct me if I'm wrong, but essentially the allegations was uh, the allegations were um, there were teen boys that would help out uh, with the rings and Pat Patterson would let's just say interfere with them. That was the scandal, and Mean Gene Okerlund uh, was quoted as saying, "Well." I mean, they were acquitted, but you know what they say: where there's smoke, there's fire. And this guy still works with the WWE, even though he basically said, "Yeah, I mean, they're probably all pedophiles over there." But you know, a job is a job. Yeah. No. Well, it was. Let's get to the crown jewel, Gene. Gene Okerlund would do the crown jewel by himself. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) And everyone who is mad at them. Would soon he would just read off, he would just read off their like grandma's address and look them in the eyes, and then they would not boo anymore.
1: If mean gene had his fucking way, crown jewel would literally just be mean gene stood in the ring going, You fucking losers! Oh, you let oh, you made it legal so women couldn't drive, don't broadcast your views, just fucking hold people accountable. <laughs> Not just Gene Gene Orkerland taking one fan of the ring. Take a fucking shot, buddy. Take a fucking shot. First one of you fucking fans to knock this dollar bill off my shoulder gets to see your fucking family again.
2: (laughs) Um... So, yeah, Mean Gene thinks uh, the entire
1: WWE is filled with pedophiles, and after the break, we'll talk about... Here's my favorite thing about that, though. I like that he goes, oh, the entire WWE is filled with pedophiles, and it's clearly, he's just like, don't look too deeply into my past, of course. (laughs) All of my
2: business partners are missing because they went on long walks
1: to the store. Stop asking questions. All of my business partners went to go get cigarettes at the same exact moment in 1974. And if anyone finds those fucking bodies, here's the one thing you'll know. Psychics are real. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm (laughs) going to whistle while I work, which is what my wife calls me sitting and smoking cigarettes. (laughs) <laughs> so after the break we'll get back
2: with more fun fun gene okerland in this time in wcw
1: what a fun time Ooh, who's excited for uh me to be in wcw where i'm really not given any sort of supervision <laughs> after the break mm-hmm. fuck shit fuck
2: fuck fuck, fuck. Come, this one has come, nothing come, to come, do come, with it come, this, come, this come. has nothing to do with the show mm-hmm. patreon.com mm-hmm. backslash go fuck mm-hmm. yourself
1: mm-hmm. oh yes vince mcmahon uh, has let go of Mean Gene Okerlund because he left because he was like, I'm out of here, bitch. Is basically what happened. Well, there was contract negotiations, but he basically wanted to go somewhere else. Was lured to WCW under promises of lighter work schedule and more money, and that's what he got. Um, what's interesting is... Well, they just ran out of shit for him to do. They, Yeah. He was a byproduct of Vince McMahon's need to constantly refresh the product, and I gotta be honest, I think it was actually good that he did it because... WCW basically has two periods of time, which is Eric Bischoff is the backstage uh, locker room reporter, Gene Okerlund is the backstage locker room reporter, as opposed to, um, uh, WC or the WWF, which is like each defined era. Everything is different and everything is refreshed. Um, with the big exam, big the big thing with like the, the ruthless aggression era, like it's Taz and Michael Cole are in part of it. That's like the, the big sort of difference, but that's. A bad example, now that I think of about it. I fucked it. I fucked it.
2: You fucking idiot. But it's one of those things where it's like, Gino Oko if he would have kept with the WWF doing the exact same goddamn thing, it would have been boring. But since you put him in WCW, it just gives him a little refresh and gives the WWF a little refresh. And they could have done the exact same fucking thing. Like, this is the crazy thing where, like, TNA in the, like, 2008 to like 2012 type thing that they were doing really well at getting people but they never got anyone current from the WWF for example like let's say Randy Orton wanted to change the scenery that would have been how TNA or Impact Wrestling made a big mark because Randy Orton would have been doing the same fucking shit but just having him in a different
1: environment would have added a lot to his character. Absolutely. Also, the one thing is, is that uh, Randy Orton would never have gone to TNA because they would have, like, they would have asked him to stop sexually abusing every member of staff. No, they would not have. No, they would not oh, have. A, it was TNA wrestling. It's a good point. I Do you know you could, that it should have? He should have actually gone there because then it would have been able to um, uh, totally gotten uh, away with some even crazier shit. Kurt Angle.
2: Was dating Linda Miles after his divorce, and he stalked her like he would slow drive by her house with his car, doing the creepier version, somewhere between Cape Fear and uh, John Cusack, and uh, they fired her. (laughs) So randy would have been
1: just fine she made the mistake of not being kurt angle
2: randy took a dump in your purse so here's the thing that's gonna happen firstly you're fired for having a purse that randy wanted to take a shit in secondly that's his purse now yeah even with the pictures of your family i'm sorry that's just the rules around here why
1: didn't you tell randy that your purse wasn't a toilet (laughs) you could have told him that and you didn't yeah you fucking loser First Amendment, freedom of speech. If you don't use it, then you lose it. Um, I'm not against the Constitution. You fucking are. Uh, Let me tell you who (laughs) really should have made his way to TNA, who would have had a great time, would have been
2: Mean Gene Okerlund. Mean Gene Okerlund in TNA would have been so good. This is amazing.
1: There's no one watching this. I can do whatever I want. He definitely would have borrowed those Elvis uh, uniforms that um, various fucking people Uh, war as the kings of wrestling and use those to uh, wipe up the dried blood (laughs) here's what i really
2: like about gene okerlund in wcw though is this hotline business he said made him like three million dollars one year one of the teases was a 40 like no so i want to get the exact words right because it's so fucking scummy what this man did here's one of the teases which former 45 year old heavyweight champion has died and people called it because they thought it was Ric Flair, but it was actually Jerry Blackwell. It's the best. <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, I felt bad, but I mean, you gotta be a bit of a carny, don't you?" No, you don't, Gene. No,
1: yeah, you don't have to, being to a bit of a carny. <laughs> <That's being laughs> you don't, a really you bad don't...
2: <laughs> person. This Hall of Fame basketball player? I don't know. I don't. I
1: can't even draw. I can't even think of one off the top of my head that's as bad as that. Which basketball player? Uh, which basketball player in his youth masturbated in an arboretum on a dare? It was me. I've played basketball before. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> I played basketball. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's what he basically does.
2: Which WCW personality is going to die tonight unless they give me fifty bucks he calls up. All of them. <laughs> La they pay me a daily wage
1: for their safety. Yeah. Which luchador now hangs out? Uh it's LaParca. He's hanging. With his guts out in my closet in my hotel room at the Ramada. (laughs) Which WCW
2: personality got Louis Spicoli addicted to
1: pills? Me. It was me, Louis. You fucking fat shit. Hey, Louis, how else was I supposed to get hard? See you in hell, fat boy.
2: (laughs) Oh, you like big butts on a woman? That's very interesting. That's very much now. I like getting people addicted to drugs and watching their lives slowly slip away from them over the course (laughs) of years. That's my my sexual fetish yeah (laughs) people say it's weird i don't i think it's harmless except
1: of course the people that i get addicted to drugs slowly over years (laughs) yeah uh people who can't take the heat stay out of the kitchen the heat in this case is heroin and the kitchen is anywhere any city i've decided to be in
2: (laughs) it's so interesting though that oakland was in the awa he was uh he was the play-by-play guy And he did a lot of shit that made Vern, I understand we're backtracking a bit here, but he did a lot of stuff that made Vern Gania very angry, such as like just basically purposefully saying that was someone's move and it wasn't. Like he would just make up wrestlers and say it was that wrestler's move. Um, And they tried him out in the WWF, but they didn't like him, so they made him the interstitial guy. And then he comes into WCW and who he is is so set in place And wrestling is evolving, and the way Bischoff is evolving wrestling, they just don't need Mean Gene anymore. And that's the weird thing about how wrestling works now is they have Renee Young, and now she's a color commentator. But they've kind of, for the most part, eliminated Mean Gene-type characters, by which I mean, like, the guy's just kind of there with the microphone. He doesn't do anything. There's no interplay between them, really, that's, like, good it's just like talk now. He Slater. He Slater says his thing. And you're like, well, I don't know about that. And then the guy says his other thing.
1: Well, the thing with Mean Gene, and he kind of created his own spot, and then couldn't no one else. Yeah, could that's do a great it, thing. Which is, yeah, he didn't like. But he basically always came across like he disagreed with whatever the person was saying, unless it was Hulk Hogan. Yes. Yeah, so and the other thing
2: I think Gene has that obviously the WWF guys don't have right now is he's a man. Like, all of the people that WWF hires to be the behind-the-scenes people now are, like, 30 to... Like, I wouldn't even say it. They might be in their 20s to, like, maybe 40. Like, when's the last time they had anyone with gray hair on WWE television? And I think you need that. I think you need, like, an old, stately, low-speaking man. Because then there's stakes. Like, like if let's say if Justin Roberts... I'm not familiar with that many of the backstage interview people anymore. Justin Roberts is interviewing Braun Strowman, and Braun Strowman looks like he' going to fucking fuck Justin Roberts up a bit. You don't really care, because you kind of assume Justin Roberts is a well-built enough guy. If he falls, then whatever. It doesn't matter. But if, like, you know, if uh, the earthquake got really mad at Mean Gene Okerlund, you're like, Gene is a small guy. Like, he'll kill this tiny tiny boy
1: yeah that's there but the one thing i want to say about that though is is that it doesn't feel like mean gene was ever in any danger do you know what i mean like yes that actually was the logic of the um that was the subtext of the whole thing but whenever mean gene was interviewing anyone like he was no one was ever gonna hit him yeah he was treated
2: like and this is how wrestling has obviously changed but he was treated like a ju- like a journalist, like he was treated like an on-site reporter, like you would find on the news. Yeah, it's fucking weird. But I mean, it's it's just how things evolve, and like there's, you lose certain things that were good about a product, but you gain things. Like, essentially, why do you need a guy like Mean Gene when someone just comes out with a microphone and says their piece anyway?
1: I agree, but I like actually, you don't need a moderator I or an like the moderation aspect of it, and I'm I'm gonna let me.
2: Can I use a fucking example?
1: Can I use a fucking example? Yeah, I didn't cut you off at
2: all, you big headed fuck. You want to fucking kiss me?
1: Yes. Uh, me and Gene Okerlund, a great example of um, why you need someone with that microphone is when he walks in the fucking room and goes nuts on Hulk Hogan when Hulk Hogan joins the nwo is exactly why you need a character like meanjin okerlund because he is express he can express found outrage as his own outrage and Mm -hmm. um, no one sees through it like everyone's like well of course that's his good friend all this sort of shit and then but it comes across as like no it it comes across as the fans voice is being heard but in actuality it is just this one guy being like fuck this fucking guy like you you see what i'm saying i feel like my point's getting a bit muddled but yeah yeah of course and he's uh yeah it goes back to what we said uh
2: earlier but he's uh he's treated pretty neutral i can't really remember any like a heel beats down gene oakland segments where whereas there was a time where i think a guy who's kind of as beloved as gene oakland the guy you could kind of find most like it probably would be jim ross and they did uh the heel beat up jim ross angle every like six months at one point in the WWE but they never that's the one thing WCW never did was they never got a heel to just straight beat down Gene Okerlund like he was in matches like of course you guys probably remember I mean there's some people who might not know this but so Gene Okerlund uh you know stately figure as far as wrestling goes which isn't saying much but then he becomes the dirty old man character
1: stemming from yeah, the Vin- Ready to Rumble movie. Vince Russo st- uh, just be like, we got to give him some sort of character, and then just goes, boom, he's a fucking dirty old fuck. And it's just like, yeah. no, and it doesn't work. I remember watching this. It didn't work. It came across so fucking bad. Well, because he was still doing his Gene Okerlund Radio Man yeah. voice, where he's was like,
2: Welcome, everyone, to Yum Yum. Yum Yum Yum. Yum Yum. Yum Yum yeah. Yum.
1: Welcome, everyone, to Who Wants to Kiss My Dick?
2: <laughs> this is disgusting. I don't want pleasure. I want pain. Yeah. You are living in your nightmare. <laughs> Much like a fly into a spider's web, you're dead already and you don't even know it. Pamela Paul's Shock, I'm supposed to act like I'm attracted to you, but the only thing that's attractive to me about you is the opportunity to see your eyes on my table without a body attached. Coming up next, an interview with, I don't pay attention to the wrestlers' names anymore.
1: I don't like you. You don't like me.
2: So, uh, Gene wrestled a couple matches uh, towards the end in uh, WCW. Obviously, he does not like Vince Russo whatsoever, as no one did, because... Vince Russo, we'll obviously do a Vince Russo episode one time, but there's a lot of flack I think he gets from just being, he was the first wrestling writer, and I think a lot of people just flat out hated that idea
1: more than him at some points, you know? Yeah. I... The more we've gone through this Mean Gene episode, the more that I find it very fascinating that he doesn't seem like anyone, there was never a need for this man, and yet I miss him every day. Do you understand what I mean? Well, there's no, like, there's no, like, even anything
2: close to, like, a seasoned old man character. Like, how many bald people, how many people with the horseshoe balding thing are there on television right now? Like, nobody. There's no Dennis Franz, you know? Yeah, Dennis
1: Franz is dead.
2: He's a, He also just looks like your childhood. He just looks like a guy. Like, Bean looks like a guy who would come to uh, your house when you were a kid who was, like, maybe a friend of a friend of the family or something who just, like, smoked outside so he didn't have to talk to anybody. Like, he just looks like a guy from our childhood specifically. Whereas, like, you know, someone who's, like, young now might see him and think, who's that creepy old weird man? And they're both right. We are right and the kids are right. Of course, Mean Gene Okerlund, uh <laughs> he signed one of the last deals with Turner exclusively, so he got a million dollars a year starting in two- the year 2000. Isn't that fucking awesome? Isn't that so crazy? A oh, million so dollars a year for happy. Gene Okerlund. And he tried to get back in with the WWF in 96, and they wouldn't have him because, of course,
1: they, would, they don't need him. Yeah, they're, although... And that's the said, fact he, that he stayed out of it... WCW created this nice thing of... It allowed them to go into the attitude era and build all these other stars, which they kind of need Ring of Honor to get bigger again, and they can shift off some of the shitheads, and so that it'll be forcing them to make some new people because they really haven't done that in a while.
2: Oh no, they own wrestling now. Let's let's get that uh, let's get that out of the like. Not only do they own WWE, own like big time professional wrestling, they also now with NXT and it's totally working, are basically starting to own the indies like they own wrestling that's just how that is that's why that is why uh all in was such a big event and we'll see if anything comes out of it but mostly it looks like right now it's just these indie guys putting on one-off shows by
1: themselves i'm gonna say that i think that ring of honor going in and being in madison square garden wrestlemania week is fucking huge like that is that is a big sign that either that there is a heir apparent and A alternative to the WWF, especially if they keep making public relations blunders like Crown Jewel and stuff like that, because eventually there's going to be... It's not a slow news week, so they haven't been caught out doing it, but all you need is someone to remember the Attitude Era in the era of the Me Too era, and the WWF is in some real fucking trouble. And then... No, they, they were called out on John Oliver's
2: show. No, they were called out on John Oliver's show already. Because They're like the only major American business
1: who's staying in line with the Saudis right now. I didn't realize they were called out by John Oliver for it, but it's again, yeah, John yeah. Oliver, again, we find very culturally relevant, is not a hugely watched television program, yeah. Because he's it was funny. I, I had to explain,
2: uh, I had to explain to one of my friends who was like, Yeah, I just find him really smug, and I was like, Yeah, that's that's he's just like a rich British guy, yeah, he's just an English guy, yeah. He- <laughs> Yeah, he's an English guy. Of course he looks – he's their English guy. Even if – there's certain English people who can just say, hi, how are you? And you're like, how the fuck are you, you stupid (laughs) motherfucker? Like, he just gets so defensive immediately.
1: Yeah, one of my best friends in the world, Jimmy McGee, great guy, is a piece of shit. Yeah, he just – oh, you're having eggs? Yeah,
2: I am having eggs. Fuck you. (laughs) Like, this is one of those – he sounds because you don't realize it but like there's a certain british accent the posh british
1: accent has just we've been trained by kids movies to hate them well it's like he's the only person i know that will say no to like hey can you do me this favor no well why not (laughs) i don't want to i i uh i envy that oh it's fucking crazy
2: like I'm getting someone's mail, and I'm like, why did I say yes? Jimmy McGee, what's he doing? He's watching cricket on his uh, MacBook. Just his whole day is just watching. He doesn't have social media, so his whole day is just watching yeah, things. Yeah, but
1: I've, I have <laughs> learned, by the way, much like Gene Okerlund, he is surveilling social media.
2: That's very funny. Oh, I don't go on. I just watch.
1: <laughs> He's a, So, Jimmy McGee, social media cuck. Yeah, Jimmy McGee, social media cuck. By the way, that's the name of his next stand-up tour. And also, uh, one of the many Yakuza-style tattoos uh, Mean Gene Okerlund has on his dick. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. So, I'm the social media cuck.
2: <laughs> so, of course, once WCW folds, uh, he immediately, basically immediately, Gene does, starts uh, hosting WWE Confidential.
1: And the first one one of the first first episodes is them doing the expose. The first thing he comes back and does is one of the uh, guest commentators for the Gimmick Battle Royal, which... Yeah. If looking back is basically the WWF being like, remember WCW? This is shit they used to do. Fuck them. Well, that was also great, too, because that was like, we have full...
2: This was them being like, our penis is out of our pants and we know it. We have full autonomy on pro wrestling now. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck, 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 Wrestle, fuck
1: you. WrestleMania 17 was the professional wrestling equivalent of the satisfactory brunch you have after the first threesome, where it's two girls and you. <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, oh i'm gonna be taking sausage links and sausage patties today is a me day (laughs) but the first episode of wwf confidential was the expose on miss elizabeth's death oh yeah by the way wwe confidential they didn't realize what they were doing oh god we've given a lighter to a pyromaniac
2: (laughs) i do like the idea that vince was like go do an episode of WWF Confidential about how I didn't help someone who had substance
1: abuse problems. Yeah. And Gene was like, I'll do it for free. Uh, yeah, it's like, make sure that you stress the fact that Lex Luger never was in the WWF.
2: <laughs> he was in the WBF, and that was his idea, and that's why I lost the money.
1: Yeah. All that matters is that no one knows he's my fault. <laughs> So mean Jean uh he's
2: come back for a bit of uh some old school bras but mostly he is just a man who is uh growing old very fast he's sh- he's, sh- he's uh how old is he now forty two he's seventy six years old and given the fact that he like basically would like reroute planes so he could drink more with Bobby heenan that's a life well lived
1: um, I would, I've been waiting for an opportunity to tell this story. Vince, uh, Kevin Nash, who also is a massive alcoholic, tells the following story as a, like, you know, just being on the road is fun. He's traveling back from WrestleMania with Mean Gene. Mean Gene's going to Daytona, or Sarasota. Kevin Nash is going to Daytona. Uh, they get on the plane. Uh, Gene Oakland orders a double whiskey. Uh, Kevin Nash orders a wine he says they had one drink every 15 minutes for the four hour flight they had a half hour layover they had an hour and a half layover Gene Orkland went to make a call I assume to a Coke cane dealer to meet him in Florida they <laughs> they went into the Oak Room where he says we had three more drinks then we uh, went and got back on the plane then he said we had another drink every 15 minutes until we landed and I don't remember driving my car home <laughs> and he said that like That is Gene Okerlund. That's what mean Gene Okerlund does. He's like all he does is just drink and tell stories, and never seems affected by it. I think
2: the most the thing this is the most about uh, Gene Okerlund is the fact that he was the best man at the Iron Sheiks wedding. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So that is going to a legitimate crack party. Like he had
1: to get. He had to put the Iron Cheek's bachelor party together. <laughs> yeah. Iron Cheek was probably actually pretty smart. He was like, well, he's gonna kill someone anyway. I might as well also get him to kill up some of the stains from other things.
2: <laughs> yeah, man. Cosro was a dangerous man. <laughs> I mean, dangerous, dangerous man. So what's your favorite thing about uh Gene Okerlund?
1: Mean Gene Okerlund created he created He created a job within Pro Wrestling that no one needed no one wanted, and I miss every day. It's absolutely spectacular. That all I want is this weird, neutral backstage reporter, but no one else seems to be able to do it. Beth Phoenix, or not Beth Phoenix? What's her fucking chops? Dean Dean Ambrose, Renee. What's her name? Renee, yeah, Renee Young. Renee Young is Renee Young. Cat, you dumb fucking she's idiot. pee pee, mate. She's a fucking egg salad. Just fuck you. What? I, she's great. She's not great. What's good about her? Name one thing. Besides her looks, Dylan, you fucking... Uh, massage- she's really good on her feet. Well, uh, that's also about her looks, you fucking man. <laughs> that does
2: sound like you're just calling someone attractive. You're good yeah, on your that's feet. that's said it. <laughs> mm, someone knows
1: how to use... Be even better lying down. You, li- you know how to use your ankles, you dumb fucking whore. This is what Dylan is thinking. <laughs> no, but... Renee Young is very good, but now she's
2: moved to color commentary, where she's also. That's very not good. true either. She's no, very she's good. She's not
1: good at all. Why? Are, why? What do you got to hate on for her? though? None of the commentators in the WWE are good right now. Here's a. Co- Here's
2: my fresh of John. Here's Go my fresh John. Ronda Rousey's horrible. Renee Young's horrible. Susan B. Anthony's horrible. They shouldn't <laughs> vote. They shouldn't drive. I hate okay, everything, but the last three things are true. <laughs> but yeah, so you. He invented a thing and he was the best at it because he basically laid it out. Yeah, absolutely. Lay, but let's he, no, no, no. We're not
1: fucking done on this Renee Young debate, you piece of shit. How can you say that Renee Young, Renee Young, A, never fucking came across as anything but disingenuous when she was a back, um, uh, a locker room reporter, and now as a color commentator because Vince McMahon is in all of their ears, this is color commentary. You're right. Twitter. Okay. All right. Yeah. But that's everybody. That's not just her. That's but everybody. I find her the most annoying at it. It goes her... No, she's second most annoying. Corey Graves is the most annoying because Corey Graves was great in NXT and then he came up to the main roster and it was like, um, all right, let's get a guy who sounds like he's just both realizing he has a concussion and going through the symptoms of a concussion at the same time. Oh my God, it's that guy. Okay, bye.
2: Yeah, but the thing is, she's... Here's the whole thing about WWE commentary. It the whole goal is to not be as robotic as humanly possible. Corey Graves and Renee Young are great that's at it. That's not to Jonathan Coachman acro- it, is terrible. The goal is not to come across. He's the this- only one that's allowed to go off book because Vince McMahon has wanted to Jonathan Coachman to be their color commentator legitimately for 16 years and he's never been good at it.
1: You fucking idiot. That's you. If you think that what they're doing doesn't come across as robotic, then you're drunk on piss. But that's no. But that's the whole game. That's the whole game is just turn them into robots. There's no. There's no room for improv on live TV in Vince McMahon's eyes. Robots and they don't come across like robots. And I was just about to say, well, one of us is fucking dumb, and that's you, Dylan. Any amount uh, that they can come off as
2: genuine, which I think Renee Young and Corey Graves do more than all of them. Which I mean, that's saying. But that's not saying much. Is a victory, and I think they're they're the best. I'm ones. going to do an impression of you.
1: I'm Dylan. Oh, I love Renee
2: Young. That's you. Gene Okerlund's <laughs> whole career is going you. like, "Hello, here's a wrestler talking on the microphone." That you're done talking. Here's another yeah, one. That was the whole. That was his whole goddamn career. Renee Young did the same shit. No, it's just because you hate women. That's all. That's
1: all okay, it is. Yes, yeah, sure, yes, fine. Okay, yeah, bring that up again
2: what are you the judge hey i remember this i remember when you read j edgar hoover's autobiography and you called me and you were like now there was a good man and then you hung up
1: i remember when you read mind cough and said there's nothing <laughs> and then you called then you picked I up again you went track your enemies oh i can't re- who okay of the two people that host this podcast dylan is the only one that has shown american history x to a baby and gone learn this the first half the second half is useless <laughs> Um, Dylan watches Schindler's List with his um, with his wife, so they both get hard and wet, and turns it off before the Nazis are tricked. <laughs> but who does what? You get wet, and she gets hard. <laughs> Done. I get wet from my
2: farting. So, I'll tell you this, John. I think the best thing about Gene Okerlund is is just he's just a big cup of nostalgia for anybody whose uh, knees are starting to fail them. That's pretty much it, because there's not much to him really. Yeah.
1: No, the thing with me, uh, Maybe uh, the best thing about Gene Okerlund is put that goddamn cigarette out. I was gonna say another fantastic thing is the time he just yelled, "Fuck it, <laughs> fuck it." Yeah, the <laughs> and they played the wrong tape. We should get into that. They taped
2: two and then they put the wrong tape in, oh, like, and I think that was during SummerSlam.
1: It was during SummerSlam, and. Jesse Ventura apparently was told to cover for him, and instead just went, listen to Mean Gene using that terrible language. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think the worst thing He's about I me... Mean, cut from the WWE network. Here's my question. Why would you keep that second tape? Like, that first tape where he goes, fuck it. Like, just delete that.
2: Oh, to show it to other people. Oh, <laughs> it's wrestling. They're all redneck carnies. Oh, I forget. Yeah. I'll sell this tape for $1,000 to the first man who... Comes in with dirty pampers.
1: (laughs) Vince McMahon was just like, finally, a wedding anniversary gift for Linda. Linda! (laughs) We've been together 10 years. Here's a video. What did Shane do? Here's a video of one of my employees swearing. (laughs) like the idea of literally a billionaire thinking that's an appropriate gift for his wife on their anniversary fuck it get it linda he's not supposed to say that (laughs) yeah well i mean he's
2: also he's a billionaire now you fucking idiot fuck fuck you
1: how about that fuck me i'd fuck me
2: john What's the worst thing about Mean
1: Gene O'Kalin? Oh, that he for sure like okay, Mean Gene Oklahoma's not a serial killer, but I will say he is probably the w- biggest drunk and worst person involved in pro wrestling outside of Buck Sumov. He's not the worst person.
2: Yes, he is. He's just the kind of guy who had a job that was nothing, so he could just get drunk. Mm, no, he was terrible. He's like he had slightly more to do than a security guard. Like a night security guard. Oh, I think he had a lot less to do than a
1: fucking security guard.
2: (laughs) I bet I I guarantee Mean Gene Oakland was never late once for his job, but he showed up just fucking hammered every (laughs) day. Oh,
1: I'm going to concur with that. We may disagree on Renee Young, but I guarantee that that guy, he's like, I'm too drunk to sleep. Time to just buy a bottle from the hotel room and go to the arena now. (laughs) Because his job was nothing. It was like, hello,
2: Ken Patera. Hey, eat a cheeseburger, steroids. Okay, that sounds nice. Here's another guy who's going to be steroids too or whatever. Oh, life is just a series of moments and then it ends, folks. Good night.
1: Hello, everyone. Fear is just something that weak people feel. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to cry.
2: (laughs) I'm going to drink to eliminate my actual emotions.
1: All I do is hope I don't die. Hope I don't die before I clean up my cross, space. Hope I don't die before I clean up my cross, Everyone wants to kiss me in my dreams. Those are some songs from Gene Okerlund's unpublished songbook. Gene Okerlund, <laughs> Blood on the Keyboard.
2: <laughs> that was going to be his follow-up to Gene and the Shapes or whatever. Gene-
1: Gene Guys, we fucking kids.
2: did it. That's a Mean Gene fucking Okerlund fucking episode. Fuck you, you stupid motherfuckers of your
1: fucking listening, Give us yeah, fucking money. Fuck. Also, longer than Tony Atlas, longer than... Like, this is one of the longer episodes. It's nowhere close to that fucking novel we made about Hulk Hogan, which is, I still can't believe how long that is. But still, I'm glad that we... I feel like we've done enough time on this absolutely talentless piece of shit. Oh, sorry, I thought we were talking about Dylan. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, Gene Overland
2: is good. Oh, oh. Dylan McDermott. Dylan McDermott, you were talking about. You were talking about Dylan McDermott there. That's funny. Next week, we're doing Playboy Buddy Rogers. If you thought we were talking about a drunk this week, this is a drunk in the yeah. 60s. <laughs> la, 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 la.
1: His name is Buddy Rogers, fa-la-la-la-la. La- la- la. Johnny Valentine thought he was a dick, fa-la-la-la. La- la. Johnny Valentine was essentially a sociopath, fa-la-la-la. La- la. Imagine what Buddy Rogers did to deserve that reputation, fa-la-la-la-la. La- la. It's gonna be good. He was the first
2: WWWF champion, and uh, if you listen to our Lou Thez episode, you know how old Lou felt about Buddy Rogers. Not, not good. Uh, and we'll get more into that. A legendary figure in professional Let's just
1: say, wrestling. let say Luce Fez only liked Buddy Rogers on Opposite Day.
2: And it was never Opposite <laughs> Day. That's next week. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you want to watch us do live stand-up, go to Los Angeles for John. I live in Toronto, Canada, so just drive, drive a car around the city limits of Toronto, and then when you see me, follow it. Or go to my Twitter at Dylan Gott, D Y L A N, G O T T, and John's Twitter at the John Hastings, you know the the word, and then John with an H in Hastings with how you decided Hastings. Ooh. Fuck you
1: for listening very much. In the moral Bye-bye. words of Gene Okerland, put out that cigarette. And pick up and pick up my dick. Dave, the Redneck Schultz, as
0: the fans call you, you see something like this happen, it's got to be upsetting to you. It don't upset me at all, baby. Let me tell you, I think it's great. You know what I mean? If you're going to go on the hunt, you got to be able to run with the big boys. If he can't run with the big boys, he should get out. He shouldn't come out here. Last time I was in San Francisco, I went downtown looking for a woman. You know what I mean? I wanted a woman. I couldn't find my woman. I found a lot of men that look like women. Now, you, Hulk Hogan, you belong in San Francisco. What's wrong with you, Gene? I'm telling you like it is, baby. You belong in San Francisco. That's your kind of place. That's your kind of people because you've never had a woman, baby.
1: And, and going back to live TV and that anything can happen, let's talk about SummerSlam, 1989. You had, you had a pretty good blooper going for yourself there, man, when, when the backdrop started to fall. Do you remember that? Uh,
0: I, I do, but no, I, 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 you need to know the rest of the story. All right, I love that. that. Right. We uh, we pre-taped uh, that particular thing because it was a little close for Bobby and Rick Rude, so I brought them out. Rude was going to be facing the ultimate warrior for the Intercontinental title at the time, and... Uh, uh, brought out uh, Bobby Heenan along with the, the uh, Intercontinental Champion, Rick Rude, uh, Zabadah and all of a sudden the backdrop uh, releases, and uh, I had an expletive in there that went on the air. Now that was on tape. So some tape guy went 10, 12, 15 seconds into the tape, and he says, this is the cut. That's the one he rolled in on the live show. And then all hell broke loose. Uh, I heard uh, Vince over the phones yelling at Jesse Ventura, "Cover for him, cover for Oakland." Did you hear what he said? And Jesse buried me. He said he had just little ball creep. I expected he'd foul mouth like that. It was brutal. Wow. And for some reason, I probably could have gotten kicked out the door, but uh, it kind of stands as one of the uh, first incidents of a little profanity reaching the airwaves.